Good morning. Yeah, thank you very much again for the invitation and thank you for the warm welcome. And a special thank you for those of you who have taken the time this past week to say how uh, uh, impacted you were with the message. Some people have taken the time to send some postcards. I really appreciate that. Um, I know there is uh, some um, ambiguity in, in uh, uh, supporting preachers and letting them know what God is doing in your heart because there is a potential to drive them into pride. And uh, there is that uh, reservation from the, the body of Christ not to do that, which I really appreciate. But at the same time, we need some encouragement because the enemy is at our tail. And every time God wants to do something, there's always a spiritual warfare. So to hear that people have been impacted by the message uh, will not give me glory, but it gives glory to the God who knows where to send the word. So please, uh, I just want to leave this with you as uh, uh, your, your pastor comes back, your shepherd comes back. If you can develop that culture of encouragement to the pastor, pray for him. And uh, whenever the word uh, hits home to, to come along the leadership and tell them that God has really been uh, impacting me in these ways. So please, I just want to leave that with you. This is our fourth week together, and uh, I see uh, returning faces. That is a lot encouraging for me. Uh, and I have one more week with you guys here. And uh, this, this, today is going to be a little bit dense. It's, it's also going to be a turning point for a lot of you guys. So I, I, want, uh, I, I, I want to ask for, for a special attention as we are going through the Word of God because I've been building something uh, consecutive uh, steps as we move up the, the maturity level in a spiritual, uh, the, the things of the spirit. So really today will be a little bit uh, deep and a little bit dense. I just want to warn you um, and uh, um, please give me some, some uh, deeper attention as we move forward. If you, if you are having trouble with the message, I will be here after the message and we can, we can uh, have uh, some time, some talk and maybe some prayer together. Thank you. Before we start today, if you have your Bibles, turn over to 2 Kings chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17, and then we just lay the right environment for the Word of God to come out. Again, 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16 and 17. I'm going to ask you something that is... Uh, against the culture of Minnesota. If you get there, can you say amen? amen? That's not too much to ask, is it? <laughs> Hallelujah, okay. All right, let's read it. He replied, don't be afraid, for our side outnumbers them. And I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them that our side outnumbers them. That, that is a very good message, by the way, because intimidation comes because we believe that their side outnumbers our side. Right? That's where fear comes from. We believe that the enemy's side, the world's side, outnumbers us. 
So the tendency is to come back in the corner and regroup and say, no, we are outnumbered. But God is really at his best when we are outnumbered, even if that is the case. But in this case, the prophet wanted to transfer something to his disciple by saying that there is something that you're missing because we're not outnumbered. But I see you in fear. But look, then he goes to verse 17. I don't know, was I too loud or not? Something happened. But I'm just warming up. I don't want it to be too loud later also. <laughs> Chapter, okay, verse 17, quickly. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he can see. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he saw that the hill was full of horses and chariots of all around Elisha. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So what I want us to pray about today is this is the essence of this, these two verses right here. The coexistence of the natural world and the spiritual world. They were just right there, both of them. But the tendency to live in the natural world because we are at home in the natural world creates fear in us. And what we need to do in the church, in the body of Christ, is to tap into the spirit world and see how it is there so we can come back in the natural and say, I don't have any fear. I don't need to be superhuman to overcome the world, I just need to tap into the spirit world. Hallelujah. Give him glory. Come on. Come on, church. So what we need this morning is as we sit here, some of you are in the natural world. Some of you are in the spirit world. Because of the assistance of the Holy Spirit, some of us will see in the spirit world. And we speak what we see. And some of you see the natural and you speak what you see, the natural. But I will tell you, if you only remain in the natural, all you speak is fear. Because you're outnumbered. <clears throat> but this morning, hallelujah. Glory be to God. We're not outnumbered. So let's pray to see into the spirit world. I know I'm going to trouble you to stand up so we can pray. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why I delight in serving the Lord. His people are coming with a lot of burden, but I see horses, chariots of fire surrounding us. Because he is very interested about his people's problems. Oh, Lord. Majestic King. We love you this morning. We love you because you care for us. We love you because you love us. We love you because you're mighty and powerful. We love you because we are surrounded today, this morning in this place. Lord, it is not what we naturally see. But what matters is what we fail to see most often. It's the spirit world. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, open our eyes. Give us a spirit of wisdom to tap into the spirit world. Lord, help us this morning that we will not walk out of this place in vain. Lord, empty-handed. How sad would that be? Being in the presence of the Most High and walk out of here empty. Lord, I pray 
Holy Spirit, I plead with you that this morning there will be a divine engagement. That your people will start seeing the invisible. Lord, and then we walk out of here with a lot of power. Holy Spirit, we give you all the power. We give you all the authority in this place. Speak to us. Wake us up. Feed us, Lord. The journey is far. Feed us this morning. We come against every demonic spirit. We come against every emissaries of the darkness. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we break their power. We break their communication. We break their malicious work that they're doing among your people, Lord. We spot them through the power in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We break every bondage. Anything that comes against the message of the gospel. Lord, set us free. Speak over your people in Jesus' mighty name. If you're happy, clap once you sit down. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Be seated. Remember, we are gleaning through the, uh, from the story of Samson... In the fourth week today, I'm going to be speaking about the fourth power of a believer, an overcoming believer, that the enemy wants to, uh, to neutralize is the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember the first week we talked about righteousness. Second, we talked about faith. And then third, we talked about prayer last week by way of revision. We talked about a special prayer that taps into changing seasons. But we talked about when seasons change, relationships change. New seasons yield new relationships. New relationships then heavens uh, react to that and then heavens call to a, a believer, to an individual, to a family where change accordingly. We looked at where, uh, where uh, the master is calling his bride. He says that the, the winter is over. The rainy season is over. There is no obstacle between me and you. Now come out. Come out. Meet with me. Because there is new uh, season, there is new relationship. I'm calling you out to a higher ground. So we looked at that. And then that only happens by the power of faithful prayer as we come in and say, Lord, change my season. Hallelujah. I don't, I'm tired of this just a daily in and out type of life. Remember, guys, I'm, I'm not a Christian that accepts things just because things are happening. I only accept things when I know that they're the will of God. So any other things I resist, I challenge, because they don't have any right to be in my life. My life belongs to the master. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm trying to impart to, to the church as well is to enter into this new season. So today, I, I want to connect that with the power of the Holy Spirit and then come back as... A, 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 let me stop here and then, and then divert a little bit. Most of the time when we hear about the preaching of the Holy Spirit, it is a, it, it is a very systematic, a very simplistic approach. And, and what we get out of there is, okay, the Holy Spirit exists. He wants to bless me. Any, nothing more than that. But today I want to take you deeper in even preparing and in, in enlarging your capacity, the church's capacity to be ready for the work of the Holy Spirit. So it is a tangible thing that we're going to be wrestling with this morning here. 
So I'm not going to just uh, inform you the existence of the Holy Spirit. It is not it. It is he. No, I'm, it's, it's not the doctrinal thing that I, I'm interested in this morning. It's a practical thing. Okay, are we, are we okay with that? Okay, then, then back, to, back to my four points. Okay, I've been doing that all, all the past few weeks. So The first one, of course, is to build a background on Samson's life. We know without a shadow of doubt that Samson's strength was from the power of the Holy Spirit. His birth, his ministry entirely was an anointing, a special power given from God on behalf of Samson. So Samson uh, was so, uh, such a threat to the kingdom of the world that they wanted to compromise him. They wanted to neutralize his power so that they can advance their agendas in the world. We know that his power came from the Holy Spirit and the contact point was his hair. He was set apart for God. And the Holy Spirit from his birth had access in his life, in his mother's womb, and then touched Samson's life. The only... Um, parallel to Samson's life is, is uh, 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 John the Baptist's life. He was also filled by the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. The same message, the same uh, opposition to the world. So I don't want to dwell on that. I just want to draw a parallel from the life of Samson and then jump to the, my second point, which is about season. If you have your books, uh, let's turn over to Acts chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. As you are flipping over, I'm just going to uh, shortly talk about Acts 1.8. How many know Acts 1.8? This should be very common for this church because your theme <laughs> comes from we are what church? Acts 1.8 church. I mean, this is what Gateway preaches every time. One is, see, in, in uh, uh, missions, the pattern of Acts 1-8 is important. That's why a lot of people say we are Acts 1-8 church. But before pattern comes, Acts 1-8 says that you shall be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what happens? You shall receive power. That power will give you to that systematic evangelism. Systematic expansion of the kingdom of God from home towards the end of the world. So a lot of missions are interested in the system of evangelism without the power. But Acts 1.8 starts by saying that you shall receive the Holy Spirit and you shall gain power to do what you are assigned to do. So that should be a common thing for this church as well. Flowing in the Holy Spirit. Being ready, receiving power equal to our assignment so we can move forward. But then I want to show you the seasons in Acts. That power came in the first, uh, first century church. So look at this season, how it is put together. Uh, chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. So that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
so that he may send the Messiah appointed for you, that is Jesus. The one heaven must receive until the time all, time all things are restored. The phrase time off is a phrase of season. Do you agree? It's a time of this and that. That means that the season is for that time, for that kind of work to be done. So here, Acts chapter 3, right after receiving power and the church being mobilized, this is what uh, Peter preaches. The context of this one is, is, is uh, more salvation, but I just want to draw these two seasons and dwell with them until our, uh, uh, the end of my, my preaching here. First season is the time of refreshment. That comes from the Lord. The other season is the time of restoration that follows. These two seasons are attached to each other in, in two verses right there. Season of refreshment, season of restorement, or restoring season. It's very important to understand this, to, to have a, the right relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the one who does both seasons. He functions in both seasons. He comes to refresh. He comes to restore. So a lot of times Christians are left at the time of refreshment. Okay, in, 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 in my message, then I will connect it to that refreshment only yields salvation. So the Holy Spirit only comes to save people. People are saved and nothing more than that. We start battling with the world and the life and say, Lord, one day I'm up here, next day I'm down here. This is part of life. This is how we live. But he also comes to restore. Remember Pastor Nathan earlier here was saying about restoring. That God will come to restore us. I want us to take a journey this morning. Hallelujah. A journey that starts in the refreshment season. And goes all the way to restoration season. And I want you to see... What it means to be restored. Is it, is it financial things? Is it even though it includes all that? What is in the heart of God for the plan of restoration? That's the journey that I want us to experience this morning. Are you ready? If you're ready, give me a swing, please. Hallelujah. So, for that to happen, let me jump to my third point and then we can, we can dwell with that one a little bit. So what is the source of a spiritual power? What is this? When we say the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall receive power, where is the power itself? Because if I ask you a certain question, if I ask any Christian, is, is, is the Holy Spirit indwelling you right here? What would you answer? Yes. Yes. So if he's indwelling us and he's here, and we say that every time you receive the Holy Spirit, you have power, 
and I have the Holy Spirit, why do I not have a, the power? That is the, the confusion that's, that always penetrates the church of Jesus Christ. We tell them two different things. I mean, we say, when, when you believe you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside your heart. And then we tell them on the other side, when you receive this, this Holy Spirit, the, 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 the third uh, the part of the triune God, then you receive power. Then I say, yes, I have received the Holy Spirit. I have him here. Then I come here and I say, but I don't see any power working in me. So there, there has to be some disconnect in, in these two different things. Either it is not true or there is something that is blocking the Holy Spirit from me that I don't experience the power. Are you here tonight, this morning? Please, please. This is very important to understand. So the question should go then... It's just the entrance of the Holy Spirit or the, his, his coming, his advent in my, my heart bring power. That's a question that we need to wrestle with. And I propose to you, I think when the Bible says that you receive the Holy Spirit and therefore you receive power, it means that there is a a connecting component in between that we need to deal with. That component is that the Holy Spirit comes and the Holy Spirit brings the will of God, the mind of God into me. And that mind of God is what contains the power. Wherever, if you are in a place where the mind of God is, there is always power present. I don't want to lose you. If you have any doubt, give, give, me, give me the, the, the hand wave again. Because I really need to see this. So what, what the Holy Spirit wants to help us is that when he comes in, I need to make this alliance with, them, with him. I need to make this uh, surrender, total surrender to him so that I, by his coming, he will let me know the mind of God. When I have the mind of God, I know that the investment of God is there. That's why Jesus said, I need to leave. When he comes, he will take all of mine because God was revealed in bodily form through Jesus Christ. The mind of God is Jesus himself. So he said that the Holy Spirit will take this mind of God and make a life in you. Now you have the mind of Christ, which is the mind of God. Because you know the mind of God and you position yourself in that mind, then now you have power. The church is walking around with the Holy Spirit and say, nothing happens. Nothing happens and we turn around and say, maybe Christianity doesn't work. How many of you wondered that Christianity doesn't work? Come on, be honest. It is the truth. This is what we wrestle with in our, in our closet. I wrestle with this. We all wrestle with this. Because the promises we read and what we see in our lives are two different things. There is such a dichotomy between these two things that we start wondering something went wrong. All right, Ezekiel 43. I get excited about this. That's Ezekiel 43, 1 and 2. Quickly. Afterward, he brought me to the gate. Even the gate that looketh 
towards the east. And behold, the glory of God of Israel came from the east. Did you see that? Okay. The angel positioned Ezekiel where? Come, come, come to the east gate. There are 12 gates. So, hey, what is so special about the east gate? All of a sudden, the glory of God came through the east gate. Hello, church. Come on, church. What if he was positioned in the west gate and then the glory of God came through the east gate? He would have missed it. So the positioning of a person to the mind of God is so essential to see what is God doing. So who positions you to that, <laughs> to that place? Is, the, is, the, is your pastor wise enough to position you? Who? The president? See, this is what we're wrestling with. Then my, the Holy Spirit that I am given will position me to see the glory of God. He will position me in such a way that whenever God works, I will be there. I just happen to be there. Hallelujah. This is very, very important in our lives. Okay, you don't believe me. I'll, I'll, I'll take you. Look, let me give you a, a negative comparison, and then I'll come back, and then I'll support everything I say with the Scriptures. If you have a problem, fight with the Scriptures. What I do is expound on the Scriptures. That's, that's my calling. Matthew 16, 23, you know this. Jesus Christ, after discussing about the, discussion about the church, Peter comes to him and says, hey, 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 hey. One thing I don't like about you speaking is about your death. If you always talk to us about church and about victory, we will, we will crown you king. Jesus, we're tired of hearing you speak about your death. And Jesus looked at Peter in the eye and said, ah, you Satan. Did you see that? Peter, this is not your voice. This is not your mind. Somebody else is renting your mind. He says, get behind me. And then he gives the description why. He says, you are only concerned about man's things. You see that? So when you are, as a Christian, Holy Spirit-filled Christian, are concerned about the human things, you're not in the mind of God. You're not in the mind of God. That's why one of his disciples, Jesus Christ, dared to call him Satan. Get behind me. We got to have the mind of God. We got to have what is urgent for the kingdom of God. We got to have what is relevant needs to be this. There needs to be a connection. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you don't, um, I, I, I will rush through them, so just jot them down. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 11 and 12. For who among men knows the things of a man except the man's spirit within him? Do you agree? Sometimes we jokingly uh, with my friends discuss about what if there was an invention that starts reading people's mind? 
you just walk in downtown and then somebody has that and it's I know what you're thinking. <laughs> that would be, oh man, very invasive. But the Bible says there's no one who can do that except a man's own spirit. And then he takes the same reality and brings to God and says that who knows the heart of God except the spirit of God himself. So the conclusion is if you're seeking the mind of God, you can only get it through him who knows the mind of God who is the Holy Spirit. The next verse says this. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things that are freely given to us by God. I'm so happy, hallelujah. I am so happy. He says that whenever I give you my spirit, it is so that you know my mind. And I don't have time to expound this. This, this by itself is, is a series of teachings. But the Holy Spirit then comes and points to Jesus Christ. Because the, the collective mind of God dwells in him in bodily form. All right, church? He points at Jesus Christ and says, that's where the mind of God is. You don't need to search the library to find the mind of God. Just... Behold Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I will help you clarify the obstacles. I will remove everything and I... I. Then when you start seeing Jesus as he is, then you start knowing the mind of God. That's why this is my duty. This is my work in your life. Remember, when we know the mind of God, then we are positioning ourselves for supernatural activity. Come on, church. It is not impartation of teachings alone. We're grasping, we're wrestling to find out the mind of God for the church, for us, for the family. How to position ourselves in that place so that God can touch us. God will fight on our behalf. Hallelujah. The Gospel of John 1.18, very familiar verse. No one has ever seen God, the only one himself, God, who is in the closest fellowship with the Father, has made God known. Jesus, the Son, made God the Father known. His mind dwells in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can you say amen to that, please? So the Holy Spirit drills in my spirit and say, look, behold this. But we agree on that. And then now I jump to my fourth point. That's, this is where it becomes a little bit dense. I got, I got good friends that uh, can uh, act a little bit here. I, I, can, can you three right here come up here? This is their special assignment today. Okay. Remember the Bible says that uh, there are some people who entertained angels without knowing. Why? Because they appeared in human form. Right? 
So if I take examples as God the Father and the Son, don't, don't, get, don't get all wacky. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a biblical concept. Okay, God the Father is revealed through God the Son to humanity. In this revelation of God the Son to reflect the Father to humanity is all over, over uh, is it oversighted, oversought, overseed? Okay, one of the, okay. It's controlled entirely by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me stick to the words that I know. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So I'm not leaving the Holy Spirit out, the triune God, but he is overseeing the whole, the whole work of salvation. Okay? So this humanity representing looks into the eye or the presence, the appearance of Jesus Christ to see or know who God is. Okay? That leads him to know the heart of God to a certain degree. Especially in, in the church activity, this, what I just described, only applies to salvation. Okay, that's why we look in the eyes of Jesus Christ and we know the heart of God. He loves me. He wants to forgive me. And we deliver that message to the dying world and the world will come to know Jesus by that, know the heart of God and be, be saved. So we leave it at that. But that's only half of the truth. Stay up here for, for a little sec, okay? Let me read Job chapter, 30, uh, chapter 9. I want you to jot this down. If it is your Bible, if you haven't borrowed the Bible to come here, underline this. This is a very important key word. Here, Job chapter 9, 32 and 33. Job is wrestling with God. And he says, where can I find you? How can I take you to court? I can argue with you. You live there. I live here. There's no connection between us. You are the spirit being. I'm a physical guy. I wish something could come in between us. And this is how he says it. For he is not a man, as I am, that I should answer him. We should come together in trial. Neither, neither is there any mediator between us that might lay his hands up on both of us. Did you see that? You see what the, the conclusion that Job came to? There's got to be a creation or some representation that is half spirit and put his hands on God the Father. And half man so he can put his hands on me and mediate between us. When I speak to him, he knows me because he's natural. Then when he speaks to the Father, the Father knows him because he's a spirit being. Come on, come on, come on, church. This, this is a good stuff that we're digging out. So what he is saying is that this revelation alone is not enough for me. What Job is saying that this person as humanity is going to pay attention to Jesus Christ, not only to see who God is, but also to know who he is. I will repeat this, because I, if you miss this, this is where it gets denser in the church of Jesus Christ. I say, no, I, I, I don't like that. 
The Bible says that Jesus Christ not only contained the glory of God, but it contains the glory of man. He is the full stature of whom man was supposed to be. So if you really wanted to find out who we are or our destiny, you see the same face that you, you, you want to visit to know who God is. If you get it, slightly get it. Give me, give me that hand away, please. This is very important. So what is this connection with the Holy Spirit? Remember, we're talking about enlarging your capacity. We're talking about allowing the work of the Holy Spirit within the church. This is what happens to us. We, we, we bring a pastor. Pastor preaches his experience, African, Asia, whatever. And then we say, yeah, I agree. I really would like to get there, but I don't know how to get there. Because the, the, the preaching pastor cannot grab you by the hair and then position you to see this. It, can't, it won't happen. But revelation will lead you there. Revelation will pull you in. You start looking at it and say, well, I didn't see this way from the Bible. So you start pressing in. Okay, let me okay, sit down, okay? Thank you, guys. Come on, give them a... Let me, let me tell you my favorite, my favorite uh, Bible story. It's a, the lady with the uh, issue of blood. If you understand a very basic understanding of the Levitical system, whenever blood, the person with the issue of blood is, is uh, uh, defiled. Who they touch is defiled. Okay? So in the old uh, uh, system, the priest is the representative of God. You come to the priest to do business with God. But this poor lady, as soon as she approaches the priest, the priest, the priest is defiled. He's no longer able to communicate to God and to help her. So for her, the old system is, is not working. So the Bible says that she went all over the place, all doctors, to, to cure this, and there is no medicine. But the Bible says that until she, hear, she heard about Jesus Christ. Okay, look at this. When she heard about Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ was not in that time considered the Son of God. They, they, they at best considered him a high priest. Some sort that had favor with God. So the description for the Jew would be he's a rabbi, he's a teacher, he's, he's, he's a priest. But she heard different thing about this priest. The other priests, as soon as you come near them, they, you defile them. Instead of getting used by them, you, 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 you contaminate them. And you... But this priest is different. When you go to him, you never contaminate him. See the revelation that she heard? She heard this and she said, that's my answer. If I do not contaminate him, rather he heals me, that's the kind of priest I'm looking for. Come on, church. Hallelujah. So look, the, the revelation she heard positioned her to deliver faith. So she said that. She heard that and she said, 
if, if what I hear is correct, all I need is one thing. I don't even need to speak with him. I just need to sneak by and touch him. Because nothing of me will transfer to him, but all of his will transfer to me. That's a revelation that she got. Now business is different for her. As sneaky as she came and touched him, she wanted to sneak out and leave. But Jesus said, nah, nothing. Something special happened here. Hallelujah. There is, a, there is someone who transformed revelation into faith. I got to see this person. He says, power has departed from me. We're not going anywhere. We're camping here until we found the person who is able to transfer revelation into power. This is all I can help you, church. <laughs> I can't take you beyond this. I wish we could. We dragged everyone into Holy of Holies. But we are, we're unable. We're, we're, we're giving you nuggets of revelation. You lock onto that. And you develop a system of belief. And you say, now I'm free. Hallelujah. I'm free. That's what the Bible said. The truth shall set you. I'm coming back to this. So how am I enlarging my capacity? The Bible says that the world, okay, is seeking for the revelation of the sons of God. The world out there is looking, who, 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 who really is rising up to the level that God wanted humanity to be? That's what the world is looking at. The world is not looking for us to get together a bunch of, in like a football players and say, oh, oh, oh. That's not what they're looking for. Really, I mean, we can't impress the world with what our spiritual activities that we do in the church. They want to see you rising up to whom humanity was supposed to be. Then they will pay attention. This is different. This is different. How he lives, she lives is different. It is not the system of the world they define. So Samson, when they spotted him, they wanted to neutralize him because... He was above everything. <laughs> they can't tie him. They can't. Nothing works with him. Oh, Church of Jesus Christ. I know I'm pressing with time, but I'm, I'm pouring my spirit out to you. When you see Jesus Christ, do not only seek for the mind of God. Do not only seek, well, the mind of God, but do not only seek the glory of the Father reflected in him. Try to see who you are in him. Ephesians chapter 4, until we get to the full stature of Jesus Christ. All of us. It is not the pastor, it's not the, 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 the mature in the spirit. But everyone is expected to rise up to that reflection that we see in Jesus Christ. That's what your destiny is. That's what my destiny is. That's what the destiny of the church is. We see it in Jesus Christ and say, now I want to rise up to that. When you've determined that, then all of a sudden you have a bigger capacity for the Holy Spirit. Now he needs to help you 
to raise you from dust into who humanity was meant to be. All of a sudden now, you're no longer one gallon container here. It's no longer about salvation. It is beyond salvation. Now you start rising up and say, no, 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 no. No. I have the capacity to love the unlovable. I have the capacity to withstand the enemy's attack. I'm really destined to live in America's political climate right now because I'm above it. <laughs> I, I, am I coming home? <laughs> you no longer CNN. That's a natural man. You rise above that. Why? Because you're, you're arriving to your destiny. You continuously see it in the face of Jesus Christ. And he tells you, no, 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 that's not who you are. It's not Facebook. It's not this and that. That's not who you are. I was there when he created you. Hallelujah. Let me tell you one last thing and then I'll finish with this. You know how, how the, 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 the creative system worked? When God said, looked at everything and he said, it was good. Then creation took a massive, a mega big picture. When God said it was good, they, they stored that template. You see that? When they're looking for someone, sons of God, to be revealed, they compare you to that template. Creation did that. That's why they're not satisfied. We cannot deceive them by this uh, false appearance of Christian thing. They will see it and say, ah, oh, no, 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 not even close. Creation has it. So in order to satisfy what creation has and for them to say yes, yes, then it needs to be we need to have the same template. You need to have the same template in the church. Who's a man? Who's a woman? What is service? What is life? Do you have a template? When you do have that template, the discrepancy of your present against the template allows the Holy Spirit to give you a massive capacity. Woo! Hallelujah. Application. Every Sunday you walk in the church, then what you want from the church is to pull you into that template. You're not there to, for entertainment. You're not there for people to tell you jokes. You don't settle for something like that. Okay? A, a, a non-good dietary. I got to watch my English. A non-good dietary feeding from the pulpit will give you this look. Why are you giving me that? I mean, that will pull me down from my destiny. You're not helping me. All of a sudden, then the pulpit starts rising up. Hey, you want to go to your destiny? Then I'll feed you well. Then you get into your destiny. Now the church becomes a different church. Now life starts reflecting the Jesus in between that is touching both of us. He's touching heaven. He's touching humanity. 
Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Can we stand to our feet to pray? I want to do a couple of things in closing. Give me, give me time, please. One, we're going to pray to discard our old template. I want really people to be bold today. If you, if you need to scream, scream. And say, I hate this old template. I really don't have any use for this. Lord, help me to get rid of this old template. And second, what we'll do is we've got to replace it. And for replacement, we'll say that, Lord, I'm not going to depend on my church to give me the template. But I want the Holy Spirit to allow me to look into the face of Jesus Christ to get my new template. Let me personally download that template, Lord. Now life, Christian life will be different for me. I know where I'm going and I know how to press in. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, if you agree, just lift up your right arms to heaven and say, Lord, that's it. I'm getting rid of my old template. Lord, I don't want this standard to limit me. Holy Spirit, I want you to enlarge me to the largest capacity ever possible for humans. I want to serve your kingdom. Mascara la maganto. Woo, 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 woo. I delight in the Holy Spirit. Lord, do only that you can do. Nothing else. This church will transform. Lord, we rise up. And your will be done. Your will be done. In Elk River and around the world. Because we have the larger capacity. I think the worship team is here to, to lead us into, into the last song. But I ask you, next week will be a, a massive action towards what we just learned. So please invite people that need to be set free. We, we do pray for people, and we're, we're really bringing, bringing the lessons together next week. So I challenge you, don't leave any empty space in this church next week. Go out and invite people. The Lord is going to bless them. Hallelujah.